What is up? In the USA, in the house tonight. That's how the song goes, right? Party people in the house tonight. Oh, yeah. That's a Beat Saber one you can play. Is it? I think so, of yeah. Of course. I was like... They did a whole pack of like popular stuff from that time. I was like, period. these guys don't know what I'm talking about, and of course you I, do. I only know it from that, really. It's it's a hard... Yeah, I, I don't but. know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's a it's video like game. Black Eyed Peas song or something. Yeah. Um... This is the Aging Punks Complain, but we're doing something a little different today. Uh, I am your host, Raymond Strife, along with... Eric. Eric. Just Eric. Eric Eric Smackland. Yeah, we'll say it like that. Mr. and Mrs. I gotta come up with a character name just for the show, I guess. Just for the new show? Yeah, just for the Um, whole show and like the just Aging Punks. Bobby. Yeah. Josh Josh came up with Derek Smackland, so I'll see if he'll come up with another one. Okay. Yeah. He'll come up with something. Get Josh. You don't want to use mine. Yeah. Okay. Nah. All right. <laughs> I'll have him come up with one for both of us. Okay. Well. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, yeah, we're trying something different. I I think today. Um, I I think a lot about um, like work, art, life balance. I guess because now I I don't have any balance, and all I do is work. So I think about it all day. So I I've been thinking a lot about talking to people about um. Their touring and their their music or art or anything they do really, um, but how they like have a real life. A lot of people do, and for a long time I didn't. And everything was just playing music and getting drunk and touring. I was like not a real person at all. But most people like have real jobs and even families and houses and just life while they do the things they want to do passionately. Uh, so I thought it'd be nice to talk about that more with people and kind of. Uh, like normalize like not faking it till you make it as much and like you know kind of like exploring that like oh you can do more than one thing and uh enjoy your life and not just feel like a cog in a capitalist death machine at all times now just do one thing forever dude do one thing forever yeah i I was trying (laughs) it wasn't working anymore yeah i was thinking about calling this spare time legends um the segment i thought that was a cool name for it I like it. Went through a couple other ones. Yeah, I think because there's a little line in a rap song. I won't, I won't say who it was by, but it was like Legend in My Spare Time. And I okay. was, thought that was cool because it was, uh, it just felt like, yeah, you're at work and nobody knows what the fuck you do. Right, <laughs> and right. Then when you're spare time, you're the fucking man, you know? But uh, ladies and gentlemen, today we have an old friend, an old dear friend, Matt Charles with us, Matt W. Charles. Right. Chuck, as yeah. I know him. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks yeah. for coming, man. Yeah. Thanks for coming with the uh, 95 tragedy. Yeah, no, I, I, I can make it. Like, luckily, I'm. Uh, I can just get on the Betsy Ross, but it's it's open. 95 is open now. Yeah, so so, so crazy, man. Yeah. Gritty. Yeah, gritty did it. Gr- who's the mo- who's the mascot with the mohawk? Um, I I don't know. I what is it? Uh, I don't even want to guess because I'll get it wrong. But they but but they have the union. There's a union mascot. That's like the soccer team, right? Oh. Oh, and then, okay. but then there's uh there's the flyers I, that's gritty. Then there's the fanatic, and then there's the eagle. Uh, I forget his name, but the, I think there's like another sports team. There was four of them up there. It was like the Beatles, right? Right, right. Yeah, so I think it's a it's the dude from the the union, but I don't I don't know what he's called. Uh, in case you're living <laughs> under a rock, ninety five collapsed like on the what by the Cotman. Yeah, exit. by Jose Cotman. What's ninety five? Are you joking? 
Well, there's people listening. Might be oh. like, what the hell is 95? <laughs> I was like, me and you just talked about I mean, this. We know the what highway. It is. Yeah, the highway. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I'd be like fun. one of the biggest highways on the East Coast. It'd be funny to think <laughs> of any of our listeners not if I was knowing listening, what If I was listening is. from California, I would just be like, is that a building? Yeah. Or is that... I think they got I would the think news. It's a, I would think it's a venue, I guess. Philly really is. Listening. I think I've always had like a love-hate thing with Philly is like anyone <laughs> from Central Jersey probably does. And like, but Philly truly is like... A unique place. There, there's literally no other place like it in the world. It does seem like that when I go there. I things. think Trenton is probably one of the closest places to Philly, but it's still like Philly's so different. Philly's like five different Trentons that have completely different personalities tied together, and Trenton's just like yeah. a tiny. It's like the six. <laughs> yeah, up. well, yeah. You don't you don't realize how different it is till till you live there. Oh or yeah, you spend time there because like people equate it with New York, which I did when I was younger. Oh before, my god, New York's know. not. Yeah, well, people do. If you're if you're not from the Northeast, oh yeah, yeah, you think like, oh, Philly, that's like New York. I'm not from either like, one. I, if I go to New York, that's like overwhelming. Holy yeah, yeah you, but, you've been here for a long time. Philly, yeah. I can deal with. It, uh, oh yeah, at well, least that, just going that, there for you know. That's the thing, Philly. Philly is much more manageable for a place to live. Yeah, I think, you know, but seems um, like it. But yeah, if, if you don't know, like people think that they just equate it. Like if you're from the South or from even from like you know another part of the country. You just kind of like equate them, but the, the culturally it's so different. Oh yeah, yeah. it's not even it, it's culturally different than anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and, no, and, Philly's wild. Like there's stuff that like people just it's like anarchy. Like, yeah, sometimes. they really <laughs> like even more like New York. They like they, they they try to celebrate like oh I'm from New York, you know, like I'm a tough guy, and that, I feel like that's gone. Like right. New York is like the coastal elite thing now. Right. It's not like there's still working class there yeah. for sure, but like. Philly is like the most like proud working class city ever. And like, it's very like work, like you guys feel like it's tough. Like, like, like proud of being tough. There's no like beating up that robot that was traveling. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like awesome. there's a lot of toxicity in it, but like, it's also I gotta lo- love a lot that. of love. I love that. I love that we beat that robot. Yeah. Off. I was Wait, like, robot? Yeah. There was a robot traveling the country. <laughs> and when it got to Philly, they just like beat it to death. Oh, I thought it was. I didn't think it was a robot. Well, well it, yeah, was, it was. I thought it was, was a, a robot. robot? Yeah. Oh, I don't even know. I don't remember what it was called, but yeah, yeah Philly was like, we're not having that. <laughs> uh, you're yeah. not, you're not originally from Philly. You're from, no, I'm from, um, uh, Cortland County, New York, which is by right. Syracuse and Ithaca. Yeah, then I then I moved to Richmond, and then uh, back up to Philly. Yeah. And I yeah I met you when you lived in Richmond, but I met you in Philly. Yeah, um, at, at the, the Barbary, Barbary yeah. with Botox party. Yeah, I was in crack filler, and do you think that was like 2006? Uh, it was. Yeah, that that that's the right era, 2006. Yeah, 2007 which, maybe. Which is kind of crazy to think about now in 2023 right i was trying to say six instead of five just to give us like a year right <laughs> kind of make us like a year yeah. younger somehow yeah. which doesn't make any sense but like yeah that that was a crazy time and that that band ruled botox party ruled but like what i mean i don't want to like ask you like what got you into music but like what were you doing leading up to botox party like what projects did you okay. have as like a teenager okay and- well wh- when i was in new york i had this band called filthy primates and uh, that was a band that I was in when I was 15. 15. I was going to ask because yeah. I didn't know how long you were in New York, like before you moved to Richmond. Oh, yeah. No, I was a, I was a young adult when I moved there. And um, yeah, so we were in that. Uh, I was in that band for up until I was like 20. Well, I might have been older. It might have been 21. But um, six year run is huge when you're like a teenager. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a huge run for a band. And so, but uh, just the. Uh, 
I hated the winters up there and I just wanted to do something different. And, um, yeah, so that band kind of fell apart and, um, then I moved to Richmond and then I just started playing in bands down there. And then, uh, I was in this band called the Randy Savages. Um, very it cool. Like, it was like a pop punk band. And, uh, then what was, I'm sorry, before you go, what was filthy primates? Was that a pop punk band? Uh, it was like, uh, it was punk. It had like more of an old school type of feel. Like I, I feel like that's garage. The way it has to progress. Yeah. Like you either have to you either start in pop punk and get more like hardcore, or you right. start like grimier and kind right. of accept that you like that like you're into pop yeah, punk. Yeah, yeah. No, when I first got into punk, I I got into the old school stuff like uh, Ramones and Dead Kennedys and all that. And then um, that's kind of what our band kind of emulated. We were kind of like garage, kind of like had almost a garage feel. But then we started getting into more ska stuff. And melodic stuff, but I, yeah, I remember the Punk Uprisings compilation on Lookout Records. I don't know if you remember that compilation. I remember Lookout. I, I, I remember. I think I remember it exists. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, but the the cover was like some dude urinating in the snow and urinating. Yeah, from Punk Uprisings. But it had MXPX. It had Bouncing Souls. And I remember that. I remember MX- seeing it. I think like in stores or something. Yeah, or like in CD like this place that I used to get like local music and shit from. I feel like I remember seeing it there. But that's when I started getting the melodic stuff. Like MXPX was on that uh, compilation, and that was the punk rock show song. Yeah. And uh, I, at first, I was like, I hate this. This is so stupid. And then I just kept listening to it, and I was just like, I love this. That's, <laughs> you know, like, dude, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. Like when I was like 16, 17, I hated punks. I hated the punks in my high school. I hated, I thought I hated punk. My girlfriend was super into pop punk. I was like, this shit's corny. Right. But I was already into it. Like, yeah. Green Day was my first cassette. Okay. Fucking, you know, the first cassette I walked to the store and bought myself when I was like 12, 13, like, was Dookie. And then I was like, heavy. I loved Offspring. But I was like, in my mind, it was like, this is rock music. It's not right, punk. Right. I, I know, like, older brother. I know, like, nobody got me into anything. Like, right. I was super into rap because that's, and my friends around me were when we were like 10. And like, people were like, punk's corny. And then, like, right, right. I think we had a different era too. Like we're about the same age and like the pop punks in my school or punks were like trust fund kids. Right. They were like just as corny as everybody else. They were like bullies. They were fucking rich kids. Like, and then, but like, same thing. Like I'd fight with my girlfriend all the time. Be like, Blink One Eight Two sucks, and then it would come on, and I'd be like, "This is pretty rad." Like this kind <laughs> of remember, remember rich kids on LSD. Remember that? Yeah, one? yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yo, yeah, what I meant to ask, what instrument do you play? What are you playing? I play guitar. Oh, guitar, cool. Yeah, I, was, I just didn't know stringed what. instruments. Nice. And you're you're a fairly technical guitar player. It's something I think that sets you apart from. Yeah, but uh, compared to like a lot of other punk players, yeah, you know, like uh, when you used to come up on tour with, but we're gonna jump around. But yeah, like when you fine. used to come yeah. like on tour with to New Brunswick with um, Botox Party, I think that's like what really set you apart from other bands playing is like your guitar skills. Right. I'm not. I don't know how to do anything instrumentally <laughs> wise. So like, forgive the praise or whatever. Like, because I don't know shit. But like, it always seemed like you were shredding in a pop punk band, which is like rare. Right. So it, was, it always set you guys apart. That's what I'm all I'm saying. But Filthy Primates is that a take on like Planet of the Apes? Uh no, we just uh it was just like um a name that suited us. <laughs> uh we we went through a couple different names and then um like we at first I didn't like that name, but then people it just suited our our group of friends. It's cause, catchy. Cuz we we were filthy, you know, like yeah. filthy kids and people were like yeah, it just fit really well. And then uh but yeah, there was no, it was just like, 
one of those nights where you stay up, stay up partying and just you're writing down different band names and yeah. you know, you're trying to decide which one you know to stick with or whatever. It's the worst thing in the world. Yeah, the four <laughs> people are never going to agree on anything. Right. Ever. I think Crackville. I have a whole notebook of things I wrote down that are probably terrible. Like my taste was way worse right. when I was a teenager. But I remember being like arguing about it for weeks. And then, like, in my head, I was like, whatever they suggest next, I'm saying yes, because I don't care anymore. Right, right. And that's when they, they were like, crack filler. There's a shit in the garage called crack filler. And I was like, this is the worst <laughs> suggestion out of all of them. I accept. That's Let's really go. where it came from? Yes. Oh, that's funny. And everybody was like. I always thought it had something to do with drugs. People love that fucking name, dude. To this day, I'm yeah. like, this is the stupidest fucking name for a band. <laughs> that's funny. Ever. But it, it, it sticks, though. Yeah, it, like, it yeah. stuck worse than... It. Like, I'd say the first three years, I was like, this is dumb. Like, I should have <laughs> wore my crack filler shirt. I have it in the car, actually, because it's turned into like a workout shirt. Hey, man. What, if you <laughs> Yo, got what? It's probably an antique by yeah. now, whatever it is. What, what, what was the product like... It's it's like to patch asphalt. It's coming like a right. little bucket yeah. thingy. Can yeah. you still get it? Like, yes. does it say crack filler? Yes, That's it's fine. every. People send me pictures of it all the time when they're in like. Have Home you ever? Depot. Did you ever use that their logo like on a shirt? No. Nah, well, that we used that a basic been... font type, so it always right. looked. Like oh, okay. I didn't know else, if you actually right. did that. That's that's uh-huh. funny. That's hilarious. But yeah, leftover crack was so huge when we were totally like people would like equate us to that just out of word association. Oh, wow. And it would always be remember in MySpace, people would like write their top band list. Oh yeah. And we'd yeah. always be next to I would like people would friend me and I would look through their bands. We'd always be like it'd be leftover crack, crack filler. Like because I guess people just thought like as soon as they finished one, yeah. they were like the other one. And I don't know. So but different. It, it, yeah, such a, such very different band. Very different. Very different. All right. So then you when you we're doing um, Filthy Primates. Sorry. So you're like 15, which is like super young. Yeah. And then you're you're like in New York. And then you're like, what, 21? You decide to move to Richmond? Yeah. And were you still in that band? And you were like, I'm done. We're going. Well, yeah. So um, we were, I was in that band. And uh, I remember we, we kind of broke up. Um, I had booked this like month tour. So I did a tour where we toured for like two weeks. The first tour I ever booked. How old were you? Um uh well i was like 20 when we i think i don't know maybe i was 21 we i it's hard to remember yeah yeah uh, like the I, estimation's fine yeah yeah that, but when we so we had done like weekend stuff in like new york so we would go play like uh olean and buffalo and like different like little towns that would you know had scenes but like the first like two week tour um yeah because i there was this other band from binghamton called the martians and uh they told me about how they booked a two-week tour with Book Your Own Fucking Life. Yeah, 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 I remember so, that. So anyways, I used that to like book us down to Georgia. And, you know, it's like the first tour. So like you only play like five days in two weeks or whatever. Right, right. And you know? everything's super far apart. That's yeah. how I did it. Yeah. And then, um, but then after that, then I kind of learned how to book a tour. And I booked this whole U.S. tour. And then we broke up. And... uh then did you guys do the tour no no you broke up yeah we broke up and then i had to cancel which was a a miserable experience can i ask why you you broke up um because uh i whatever i'm just gonna say say i i think i cared more about it than everyone else did yeah you know and uh there was just stuff between um our, our buddies uh it, dude, you're you're asking me like some shit long ago, but it's I think, drama, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And then and then like one, we we broke up because I can't remember like Thad, the drummer, didn't want to play anymore, or Joe, something something happened, and we we just 
we just didn't want it. They didn't want to do it. This is such a deep memory that you're closing your eyes to like work it out. Yeah, no, yeah. It's it's so, it's so hard to remember, but (laughs) I think that's kind of happened with my band. Our our drummer started playing with our friend's band and we were practicing last and then the interest like just started to dwindle. I think that's really what it was. Like Thad, um, who's still one of my best friends, but he started playing with our friend's band and then he wouldn't have any time to practice with us. And then we were just like, you know, their interest was lost. And then I think we kind of got back together, but like dad didn't want to do the tour that I had booked. Cause I was hoping that we'd get back together and do and the you're, tour. In your head, that's like absurd, right? Yeah, like yeah. you're like, how could you not want to do right, this fucking yeah. full? It's like to the point of like, fuck you. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. cause that's how I would be. Right. right. And then I, after that, like I saw, you know, how that all played out and I was like, I want to move. And I played, Richmond, right? It was Colonial Heights, which is just south of Richmond, but I played there and I was like, that seemed like a cool town. And I had a girlfriend at the time and she was like down to move. And, um, but that's 21. That's a big move. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to be the, I didn't want to be living with my mom until I was like 25 because I had lived on my own. And then I moved back in and I tried going to college, like community college for a bit. And I was like, this shit sucks. Um, and I just want to play rock and roll. So I just wanted to, um, but yeah, I just wanted to go somewhere where it was warmer because I hated the winters. Yeah, there. dude, and those are brutal yeah. fucking winters. Like a brutal winter here, but yeah. up there it's like five feet of fucking snow. It's uh, might yeah. as well be in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's you get more s- snowfall than Canada because that's how the lake effect works. Right. You know, it's just right. like kicking kicking your ass with snow. When it, when you sorry to keep interrupting. No, like, that's, that's fine. This is all new to me, but yeah. this is fun. Uh, the so when you're doing these bands, this really this first band. Uh, you you got to be working, right? You working part time jobs and going yeah. to high school, and then then you're out of high school. Yeah, you said community college. Like, what jobs did you have, if you remember? Well, yeah. So, yeah. I okay. I feel like I'm stressing you <laughs> no, out. You no, don't have I to just, answer anything you don't want to. No, answer. no. I just I'm just trying to remember this stuff. And uh, <laughs> but now the first job I ever had when I was 15, I I worked. I was actually a designer. Like I I uh, this is just showing my age, but there's just like a program called Quirk Express and I used, oh, yeah. to, I used to design resumes for this guy who used to consult people and I want to get a job at the clothes emporium but then um they were like we're gonna hire you at the resume center and uh I would just design I would design a coupon book for the college in the in in town and that was my first job and then I worked at Mickey D's Bob Evans um you know like shitty restaurant jobs Pizza Hut the worst yeah and then and then eventually, yeah, I had like a bunch of random jobs, you know, working uh, part time at like um, a body shop, but I was just like cleaning shit. And then uh, I got a job at a screen printing place out of high school. And uh, really, I, it was a first full time job I had, but I had to I had to get a full time job because I was a delinquent. And I got in trouble with the cops. Oh, I'm saying all this shit. Why am I saying this shit? But yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> no, that, I was that's, actually, that's drink, sorry. That's uh, what you're here for today. Yeah, I was, I was drink, <laughs> drinking in public and stuff, and I got a bunch of tickets, and I had to tell my parents. And then um, I was like, "Don't worry, I'm gonna pay for my lawyer and shit." And then I was like, "I guess I need a full time job." And the whole time I was playing with a band. The whole time, yeah, I was right. Play, playing with that's that your band. constant. Yeah, that's a constant. And yeah. For me, I, I'm all I can do is project, right? But uh, it's like, as long as you had that, you could lose the job and get the next job because yeah, you're yeah. going to play music, right. you know, whatever, four times a week or yeah. whatever you're doing, two shows, two practices. Or right, whatever. right. We were doing a lot more than that at one point and everyone yeah. hated me and I couldn't. It was the same thing. Like, do you think like when you were 
you're booking the fucking world tour and these guys, some of these guys aren't into it. Do you think like you taking it more serious than them and liking it more was too much? Like, like, too- like, like for you, like your intensity maybe was like too taking it too seriously for the band to even stay. Oh uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I think a lot of times they'd be like, Oh, Chuck took us on another crazy trip. You yeah. Know, like, <laughs> yeah. Or I go to like some, you know, we make it up to like Rochester and then like, we get there too late. We're not able to play like one of Chuck's crazy trips, but it's just like, right. Cause something goes wrong yeah, and yeah. you did all the work to set it up. Yeah. So when it goes wrong, it's yeah. all your fault. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. It's very thankless. <laughs> very thankless. No, nah, but I think a lot, I will say they did appreciate the stuff that I did. Cause it was just like, I really wanted to play. I wanted to play ever since I was like a kid. And I was like, back in the day, I I was like listening to Bon Jovi before I got into punk and like Death Leopard. Oh, yeah. I wanted to be like in a band, you know, and uh, I had a band when I was like in, I it wasn't a real band, but me and my best friend had a band, I'm using quotations, but uh, when we were like in kindergarten and we, <laughs> and we like wrote songs, I remember we were supposed to, we told all our classmates we were going to do a concert on the playground. <laughs> That's so cool, man. Yeah, like, I can't believe you did that that young. Yeah. That's well, amazing. And uh, I, I couldn't play an instrument, but then I, I learned how to play an instrument. And then I remember I got on this high school uh, show in the auditorium. There was a, we had a music teacher, Mr. Andre, who got some musicians that could play really well from the school. And they had like a rock cover band and uh, they played this auditorium. I can't remember what the, the reason we, we had this, uh, thing going on in the auditorium like a battle of bands or something like that and um yeah so i had my band we had just formed and so we played that that was the first gig i ever played that's sick and uh yeah we there was like we did a ramones cover and there was one song where we had lyrics you know but then after that like i had some friends who played we had a youth center in town in Cortland, new york and uh, my one friend who was in a band was just like oh yeah we play at the youth center and like there was a bunch of kids there and I was like, cool. So I just called the youth center. I was just like, can we play? <laughs> and they were like, oh, yeah, of course. That's and, awesome. And so like, that's just how we, and we had like a scene, like our town had a scene because like all the, all the freaks and <laughs> would, would meet up every Saturday at the, at the Cortland youth center and watch whatever bands were playing. And that's how it started. And then we got kicked out of the youth center. Uh, because we were like fighting or someone was smoking in the parking lot. Your kids, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what the youth center is. Like, I, like there's no re- like kids don't know how to respect anything like you because you could respect it with all your heart. And that's still going to you're going to fight. You're going to drink. Right. You're gonna, right. Like it's yeah, it, you do dumb shit. It's not about it, it's it's a two way street for that when you're younger. Like it's not about disrespect. It's right. like this is what I'm going to do here. Right. Yeah. Like you're kicking holes. Oh, in yeah. Holes, you don't you don't think it took me a while before I had to like find perspective on things i'm like oh yeah i'm like hurting somebody else when i do this you know yeah for sure <laughs> but for sure but then uh so we got kicked out of there and i called the the local rock club and i was just like hey i'm in this band uh, we play punk rock and the guy was just like send a demo and then he like booked us so we started playing it like underage you local know? rock club i've never heard of any place having a local rock club. well yeah, yeah you, it was the basement it was the basement it was called the basement yeah that's in, cool. in Portland, new york they used to oh, i guess that'd be awesome yeah well so. everything's a local like mill hills yeah. local rock club yeah i guess that makes it's, sense yeah it, it, it would it be just, the, the it would be the equivalent of the mill hill i guess i just never heard it called a local yeah rock club. Nah, it just sounds cool. weird to and say. you when yeah. you send them a demo as a cd 
Oh, it was a cassette tape. Cassette tape? That's <laughs> awesome. Definitely off your four tape. track and then you'd fucking dub no, it No, well, up. we actually, uh, well, I would dub it. Um, we didn't record with a four track. I didn't have those skills at that time because I was like 15, 16 You just recorded old. live into a mic on a cassette No, player. we actually went to the studio. Oh, cool. Yeah, oh. we like, we, uh, we, we nice. had, we had jobs and Did they gave us, the, they gave us a deal because the guys at the music store knew us because I would go hang out at the, the music store and cause I used to take guitar lessons there. And they'd be like, oh, it's Matt. You know, like I would just go like play instruments, like kill time, you know. So when we decided, because we played, we played a gig at the youth center, like, and uh, this guy um, who wrote in a fanzine, um, wrote an article about us and it was a really flattering article. And he's like, but they didn't have a basement demo or didn't have anything. And I was like, guys, we got to record something. This is, uh, dude, I'm learning so much about <laughs> you right now. Like all this stuff you're saying is exactly who you are now. And it's all, I can see where it all comes from at a right. young age now. Yeah. Well, this is, this has been like, I, I wasn't expecting to deep dive back, back into <laughs> Sorry, No, it's, it's cool. It's cool. But, um, but yeah, I, I can't remember the name of the zine. I, I have somewhere, I have that news clipping. But so we talked to the guys at the Ultimate Music, which was the, the music store in Cortland. And they were uh, they were like, oh, yeah, we'll record. They gave us a really good deal. Like, you know, they sick. just help, helped us out. So, yeah, they, we had a cassette tape demo. And then I dubbed that at home. And uh, that was what I sent. I just gave him a cassette tape. And uh, he was like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Um, and, uh, yeah, we started playing there. And then. There's this other place in town called Third Rail. I started booking shows there when I was like 16 or 17, like dealing with door fees. It was stuff. all ages? No, it wasn't. It was like the the Third Rail was like the, uh, I don't know, it was like the dive bar, but they had they had bands there. And so like, I yeah, I was dealing with like door, door fees and stuff, but there was always enough locals who would watch whatever band was playing that because night. Because of the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they would pay the $5. That was where they hung out Friday or Saturday nights. And the guy who owned that club, he was like, yeah, when I was like 15 or 16, I was playing in bands too. And uh, he's like, yeah. So, and then, um, yeah, I remember I was uh, booking shows there. I remember at some point he was like, Chuck, you're 21, right? I was like, yeah, I'm 21. So I'd like able to drink there and stuff. <laughs> what were you, 17? Yeah, I was like 17 <laughs> years old. And I was like hanging out, like booking shows. And um, was that, yeah, that's how it all started. And then. Uh, so we there, we had places to play, which was cool, and uh, but yeah, that's that's just how it all started. And I just started meeting bands and uh, networking with people. Yeah, because back in the day, I mean, the internet was a was a thing, but a lot of times it was like you'd meet a band and it would just be like you'd exchange phone numbers, you know, and just yeah. like oh yeah, we book shows in like this town. It's like oh cool, like and then we just trade shows, you know. Yeah, things have like definitely changed, but like that's how I learned how to do yeah. it. And you were always actually a big influence on me when I met you because you did have these like national tours that were right. like 100% DIY. And I was like, how the fuck does this dude do this? And it was like an inspiration to like keep trying and keep doing. I'm sure I asked you for advice and websites oh, yeah. the whole time. And uh, it's interesting, cool, like, like that you're. It's interesting, cool that your uh, <laughs> job was one of your first jobs was the screen printing. Yeah. It's like your destiny. Yeah, like well, that, that was like I wanted to be a graphic designer, and uh, I, I guess technically I am, but um, I, I, I would call myself a production artist. But um, uh, when I got the job, I had like some design and art skills, but that's not why I got hired. I got hired because I knew someone that worked there as a summer job, and they were just like, "Oh, my friend Matt needs a job," and then so I was just like at the end of a dryer catching t-shirts. 
Right, know? right, right. And so I, I worked there for a while. And um, but they were like, oh, Matt's a good worker. Let's get him up on the press. And so they had me up on the press, like lined up a couple of jobs. They're like, he's a natural. Yeah. And then man. I just I just soon I had like my own machine there and I was yeah, just screen printing. The first, the only times I screen printed by myself, I was like not good at it at all. Right. But we were like lining it up with no, no, right. nothing to line it up with. I've just never like, done it, and I'm glad because now there, I could just. There's people that can do it now. Yeah, I it's easier to, to talk to people. <laughs> yeah, I'll have them. That's what, and that's what yeah. Chuck's here for. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I started. Awesome. I started with like in a real shop with machines and stuff. So doing it by yourself at home is like a, it's another beast. Yeah, you know, even really cleaning hard. the screens, yeah, just having like the right no. the right tools and everything. Yeah, no, you gotta have like you gotta have like an area like to to do that stuff because your house becomes a mess. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, and no you gotta patience. Be able to, you gotta be able to clean up the screens after. Don't you have to clean yeah, them out? You have too? to clean like, the fuck out of them. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like that. the war. I'm slowly. I'm forty, and I'm slowly learning patience. Right. That, that, cleaning <laughs> screens, I would give up after like three tries. Like this should stay in this dirty. Uh, you can yeah. never reuse it if it's that dirty. You know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, when I when I moved to Richmond, it was just like, well, I could get a job working some shitty restaurant thing or i could get a job at a screen printing place is that what you did yeah did you did you find it ahead of time or did you just move to richmond and then find one i've moved to richmond i saved up money and then i found a job i just put out i just wrote every screen printing place in town and then one place was like yeah let's you screen print sure when you say you wrote them like i I had like applications so like i just made an application and just dropped them off at a bunch of different places you made your own application yeah that's awesome man well or like a a resume is what you call it yeah Yeah, i guess so yeah well i worked at that resume shop when i was like 15 so like i kind of knew like how to do the wording yeah that's so crazy what a good that's probably something i i still couldn't write a good resume for myself yeah well the resume is a a real skill is, is a lot different now well people I have a screen printing shop and once in a while people will write and like half these people just don't have an application. It was just kind of crazy to me or they'll have like a link to a website. So the whole process is different, but oh, yeah, that, yeah. you know, used to have like a resume and then I would make a hard copy, but yeah, no, I, I would just, so I didn't like apply. I, I just, I guess I applied, but yeah, I just had resumes and then, um, yeah, I even had my, my old boss. Um, I had him write me, like a little, I forget what you call it, but a letter a recommend- of recommendation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I had a pretty. That's so professional. <laughs> there, there's so much foresight there. Right. That's amazing, man. Um, when you so you and your girlfriend moved to Richmond. Yeah. Did, and you guys just did you have anything set up like a house or a place to stay or? Uh, yeah, we did. Um, that was a miserable experience. We we went down there and we had like we went to like one of those apartment complexes things where they have like the workout place in there and. You know, like we were gonna rent one of those places. They were like, like a, a condo, like a. It was like that, but it was like apartments. You know, yeah, and right, it, right. And it was affordable, but it was like outside of town. But they're like, oh yeah, when you guys move down here, we'll have a place. And then when we moved down there, they're like, oh, we're all, we've got everything's filled up. And then I remember, like, yeah, I remember my girlfriend was crying, at, but. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not laughing. No, it's... He's like, it's so funny. (laughs) What the fuck? No, but anyways, we we found a place. Long story short, we found a place. I ended up living in in Richmond in the fan, but there's a block they call Hell Block, and that's where a lot of students move Hmm. because it's like really easy to get a place there. It's really affordable, but it's just like, it's just, uh, there's lots of uh, crime, lots of crime, and the kids just part... Like a lot of these kids... um, that live there you know it's like the type of kid that would um 
you know, they live with mom and dad and they didn't party like I did when I was a teenager. So they, they didn't have that. They've never been on their own at all. So they wild the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, they wild the fuck That's out. That's what I did. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So I would like, I would go out, like, I would like leave that apartment building and like there'd be couches. That was the thing they used to do in Richmond. They would light couches on fire. And so there'd be like a couch, like a couch, like smoldering in the what front the yard <laughs> and like, they're like a homeless guy, like sitting on the end of it while it's like smoldering. It's like called passed punk out. rock. Bro. You're, spo- you're supposed to light the trash can on fire and, <laughs> and then you know. sing do up. Yeah. And <laughs> nah, this, it, it was, it was a, it was a thing, but yeah, we, 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 uh, so we found that place. So then, um, uh, my girlfriend got a job at like the bookstore and then I got a screen printing job and yeah, we, yeah. So it's cool. Happened. You are like the definitive you're a great first guest for this segment because like essentially the job skill you found is like what carried you like you've you've got a good balance because it it's like enabled you to do what you want for years right but it's also a real job and a real skill right that can keep you going i think that's awesome i think uh, i don't think any people don't ever find that right so well and it's it's work for music because like screen printing and like being in a band is like you know, it goes together, yeah. you know, cause like you need merch. So like, I was always like making merch and I always had like my little record label projects and things like that. So I was always like duplicating CDs and making tapes and all this stuff. And like, so I've always been making merch, which is one of my favorite parts about playing music is to make like the, the CD or make the cover art, you know, yeah, like yeah. put all that stuff together. So it kind of worked. It's merch is still the only way people make money. Yeah. Like you could be Taylor Swift, right? You're like, I mean, you're making money off streams if you're Taylor Swift, but right. not like you used to. Not right. like if you sold a million records, right? You would make tons of money. Now you make jack shit. Yeah. So when she tours, she's probably got eighty dollar t shirts. Right, right. You know, so it's still like the only way. It's not just. It's such a uh, equalizer, like across the board for people who do music. Like you, you only make money off touring now, and like we used to, like all we did was tour and that's right. how you would make any money. Like right. you, would, you wouldn't just be famous. So it's like a complete, uh, it's like the only way it's just very, uh, it's, it's a good skill to have if you're going to tour. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, so basically you worked in the screen, screen printing in Richmond. Is that what you did the whole time? Uh, pretty much. Um, I worked, um, yeah, it was screen printing. Uh, and then at one point I worked for these guys who were like, these really backwoods like racist dudes and i put up with them for a while but then i just well then main the main problem i quit this one job i was doing poster printing and um i found out this one guy who had like zero skills that worked there i mean he 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 worked in the screen department but he was making the same amount of money as i was right and i was like oh that's whack and so i said i didn't say that specifically maybe i should have said that in retrospect but i just told my boss i was like i want to raise and uh i want some benefits you know and uh he was just like no (laughs) and so i was like oh i quit and then i i went i i got a job making less money landscaping so i did landscaping and then um i think that was the same year i I went back to screen printing after that and then um there was another year where i had this other band 
my other serious band from Richmond before Botox Party was this band called I Live With Zombies. I was I couldn't remember the name yeah. of it. I remember it was Zombies. Yeah, like, yeah, which is like a <clears throat> melodic hardcore. Yeah. It was like to me, it was like punk, but people were like, "No, you're melodic hardcore." It's because of the way you play guitar. Yeah, and it's then there's very... there's a lot of chuggy parts. We had like a lot yeah. of like yeah, it was a cool uh, band. I still have the CDs from that. Sweet, and um, but that was another band where I booked a 30 day tour and we broke up, and it was because uh, we had this guy playing bass for us. And then, like, less than a month before tour, he was like, oh, I, I can't go because he had, like, some operation he had to have for his asthma or something, I think. I'm, I'm probably remembering this wrong. But he had some operation. He's like, I'm not going to be able to go. And we're like, shit. So You're the like, guy, fuck you, bro. The band <laughs> comes first. How fucking dare you fix your lungs and your trachea? Yeah. Well, I guess he knew. before. The thing was, he knew... And it might have been less than a month, but I guess he knew before that, but he was just afraid to tell us. Yeah. But then at the time, I was like, well, dude, now we don't have time to find a replacement. And um, I had saved all this money to go on tour. Long story short, I won't get into the the whole story, but we had to cancel the tour. And then uh, I had found a dude to play bass, a guy from my hometown, but the guys didn't want to like, they didn't want to put it together last minute. And yeah, we were on a, a bunch of big shows. It was crazy. And so that... That was miserable. and uh, Oh, like big shows on that tour? Yeah, big shows and, on uh, the tour, yeah. Because then the people are not going to book you. Yeah. Because you have to fight. You, you just fucked up their month. Right. By, they have to find a new... Which is less fucked up than what you had to do. Because right. it'll be easier for them to find a replacement band. But. Yeah. But a- anyways, um, yeah, so all, all at that time, um, that, that tour got canceled. I, I just traveled the United States because I'd saved all this money. And the thing, the place we were living, um, this uh, apartment in Church Hill, um, this is a neighborhood in Richmond. Yeah, I remember that, um, I think. Yeah, but we were, uh, they, they sold the place. So we were going to have to move out at the end of tour anyways. So I just bounced and um, I went, traveled the United States for like a month with my buddy and uh, got back. And then I moved in with my girlfriend and um yeah so i didn't have a job for a minute yeah that was like a probably the longest period where i just didn't have a job i was kind of depressed and uh yeah i ended up working for manpower uh eventually i was like i need to get a job so what's I just, what's manpower manpower is like a temp agency it's like a uh labor ready That's yeah what I have yeah, up here, yeah it's yeah. like yep so i did a couple of different jobs before i got back into screen printing did you have to like fight for jobs not really. No, it, it, they kind of were like, oh, we have a job opening for you. Like, are you willing to do this? I'm like, sure. So I was like, that's oh, cool. The yeah. labor ready outside of Trenton was like, I was like, I'm not working here. Like, right, right. it would be like 200 guys in a room and they would call people and dudes would literally be like, nah, I'm going. You're not going. I'm going. Oh, like, really? like, even though you were in line, you were, you were the, you're number 40 and they're number 90. They're like, I'll fuck you up. And like, you're like, <laughs> I was like a 19 year old kid. Like, you know, I'm fucking from the suburbs. Like, right. I, I was like scared. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to fight anyone for a job that's going to pay me $9 now or break my back all day. Right. You know, and like there'd be days where I'd be like, I, all right, I'm sitting here for four hours and then leaving. Like right, there's no right. way. Like it was chaos. Yeah. Very, very competitive right. in the worst way possible. But yeah. Yeah. Well, ultimately, I got back into screen printing. Um, but yeah, no, it wasn't like that for uh, man, man, uh, whatever. Yeah. Manpower where I was. It was kind of like you'd sign up and then they give you a call. That's yeah. what a genius way to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds like the Jersey way, though. I like, got to go in and fight for your... <laughs> Dude, yeah, <laughs> like, right, right. It, it was like some real, like, I don't know. It's like, I'm not going to... 
as tough as I wished I was, especially like in my late teens where I really wasn't there yet. And even right. once I started being tougher, it was all bullshit. It's like drunk muscles, you know? Right, right. I was never, I, I was like, I got to find a different way to survive. This right. one's not going to work out for me. And those fucking dudes, like, you know, you'll go out with a guy all day and then if you give him a ride, like try to rob you and shit, it got real. Oh, wow. That happened to Andrew German in New Brunswick once too. He did like a labor ready and then gave the dude a ride. And then the dude like broke in our house and we caught him stealing shit in our house and andrew german chased him for like 20 blocks and like <laughs> the cops got the dude it was so crazy like oh it, wow it's wild times wild times but uh okay so you it's uh live i live with what was it i live with zombies you know that, that super nintendo game neighbors the zombies ain't my neighbors that's what uh, i always uh, want to okay. fucking say that's right. why i get it mixed up and then botox party and then uh well yeah botox party and then there was like another band for a second called serious problems yeah right okay yeah. cool yep, yeah we yep. you booked us in ewing i think yeah 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 was that an all call um i don't remember i thought it was like a vfw thing okay yeah it might have been all call had like a separate room so it looked like a vfw it was a bar but it had like a firefighter shit on the wall yeah, it kind of looked yeah, like yeah, a vfw at yeah, that time yeah so. right 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 that's sick that's it and that's the so you're still in richmond and then I remember you. You're like I'm moving to Philly. Yeah. Is this like, this is like ten years ago? Is this yeah, more than uh, ten years? It's twelve. Twelve, right? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And I do remember so many ways you've inspired me. I know we don't like keep in touch like that, that hardcore. But like, I remember you being like working. You were screen printing out of your basement and working and yeah. and touring and playing shows. And you were like, I'm gonna make this screen printing my only job. That's the goal. And right. then, like, a couple years later, it was your only job. Yeah. It's so sick. I still talk about you all the time. I'm like, that's... I love when someone says something, they do it. It's so hard to do. Yeah, it is. It's extremely hard to do. I I think for a while, my one of my screen printing bosses in uh, Richmond was just like, you're like that old school guy that gets off the boat and has, like, three different jobs. Yeah, yeah. But I was just like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I was just... At the time, like, I was just like, oh, I need to make I need to make money. I was always making money to go on tour. It's always you always did enough, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah and way. so, but I think in retrospect, and at some part, some point, I started saving money. I was just like, I can't keep doing this because I was like working a ton to have money to go on tour, and then, you know, you be in the red most of the time. Yeah, even be, if you break be, even, it's yeah, like a miracle yeah. on tour. And uh, and then when um. What was I what was I gonna say? I'm losing my thought. But yeah, no, at some point I was just like, I need to start saving money. I need to have something to show for all this work I'm doing because right. you know, it's I you have all these memories and I was in these bands, but these bands keep breaking up. <laughs> the older you get, you start yeah. to like it starts this is kind of part of the the podcast. It's like what like it's awesome and people tell you how awesome it is. You're still doing this thing you love, but it starts to like you said, like you're like, What do I have to show for it? Right, like, right. Right. You love doing it. But the, what's the physical, like where I have nothing, right. I'm, sacrif I'm constantly sacrificing to mm -hmm. do it. And that's like such an issue. Yeah. The, the job thing too, Eric's always been an, an inspiration to me too. Cause dude owns his own tattoo shop. It's like anyone who turns a passion into a career, I think is like so rare, honestly. Like even if people love what they do, it's not usually yeah. like a, like the actual dream. Right. It's like some... Well, compromise. I, you know? I, I think especially in like punk punk music, it happens this way where there's like that we have this like idea of capitalism bad, and right. um and so like you want to do everything that's true and virtuous, and it's just like oh you know like I don't care if we make money blah 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 you know it's about the message and all this stuff, 
And then, um, but it's like, well, you don't have that attitude when you work for somebody. If you work for somebody and you look at your paycheck and you're like, oh, well, that guy shorted me. Yeah, you know? right. Like or you're, you're going to say something and be like, you know, what happened? I, I put in that those hours Tuesday. I didn't get paid for that. Um, but you don't have that attitude playing music. Yeah, you're like, well, I love this. It's yeah. very hard to start like being like, you owe me money. Because right. you're like, I get to do what I love. I can't yeah. believe I'm up here doing it. Yeah. So like people take advantage of that instantly. Oh, uh, yeah. So I, that's one thing that I've learned like later in life. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not going to get taken advantage of it anymore by like some venue that like short changes me. I still do. I still, I'm <laughs> like, I'm not fighting with this guy. Nah, well, <laughs> sometimes it depends. Like I, I got short, I thought I got short changed. I, I did a acoustic tour, with my buddy churches and trains. And then at the boss, they played this Boston gig and the guy gave us money. And I was just like, I did was doing the math in my head because one thing I do now when I get booked, especially on tour, I'll be like, what's the, what's the breakdown? What's the percentage? Right. Cause I want to know just so when I'm there, if I'm getting short change, cause it happens a lot. People it happens short, all the time. Short change you Door all the time. guy takes more than he's supposed to. And then the fucking the venue takes more than they're supposed yeah, to. Yeah. And then, all the and time. then, uh, the, like Tim was like, Oh cool. You know? And then I was like, and I was just like, if Tim wasn't here, like I would like say something to this guy right now because I'm just like counting the heads and it's just like we should have more money than what you're giving me you know yeah but I've, I've said it a lot of times I'm like they'll give me the money and I'll be like uh can I see the, like the numbers you know I just want to see the numbers you know right, and right. then and then oh people will like oh, it's like well, asking a cop for his badge yeah number. yeah like, but it's just like you dude yeah it's just like I'm on tour like and a lot of times like I've booked the show like you know how it yeah goes. right like, you did like, all the work yeah it's like right okay now. so i it's like granted yeah the club we have this agreement like you provide the place to play and this is how much money you're going to take and but i i made the poster i found the local bands to play the show and so at the end of the mind at the end of the night i'm entitled to you, you think about all the work that that takes it takes so much work yeah and i've just got tired of like it's like oh booking a tour takes months Booking a show is just this, it's so excruciating sometimes, finding the local bands, and then the local band will drop like the week of, and then you have to find oh, another. Yeah. Or, or they can't, everyone the, that week of, they need, I, I need to be on first. Right. Guy, uh, you already had it worked out. Yeah, it, yeah. It's very like. Uh, uh, it's just like. It's thankless. You Eventually you're the bad guy to somebody. Yeah. It's very. Uh, but at some point it's just like. Dude, I put in work. I put in, it's like all the time rehearsing and all the time like organizing the show. Like I want my portion of the money. (laughs) I don't need any more than that. Just give me what I, you know. It's like I have totally different values than I did back then. Like I was like, I don't give a fuck about money. I don't give a fuck about press or fame or anything. And then like now it's like, if we get ads on the podcast, I'm like, let's fucking sell yeah. this shit. Have right. you seen Have you seen the <clears throat> the Mike Judge show, uh, Tales from the Tour yeah, Bus? Yeah, I've heard good things. You I've see, never seen it. There's one. I think it's Waylon Jennings where he doesn't get paid or something, and they, they basically they end up like blowing up the venue with dynamite because so the it doesn't. Country pay stars are the craziest. Yeah, I was like, holy fuck. Fuck. Yo, fuck. like every episode of the country season, it, it like someone gets shot. Like every episode. <laughs> The, the think, stories it's a pretty crazy show i think like for me like with that stuff too like i'm very non-confrontational with tour because i'm so obsessive and i get so stressed that like i'm just like whatever happens happens right like if i gotta say something i'll say it like i'll be like you're not gonna fucking pay us you know i'm not gonna hit the dude or anything because right. just make my life worse right but uh definitely like locally uh, i'll be like oh okay so like it's a tally system that's dumb these guys right. are on tour like i'll start Say so I it's it never like really cost me a friendship, but it did like stop me from working with places. Right, like, like if that's if people do like 
you've probably run into this where like people do pay to play, but it's it's not pay to play. You sell the tickets, right? And you just have to make this much, and then you keep the rest. That's not pay to play. It's like essentially it's still pay to play because right. it's like. I could just give you the money you need right, right. and never sell a ticket. Right. And a lot of people who have done that throughout my career, I'm like, well, it's pay to play. Like it's, it's wrong. Like the sound guy gets paid, the bar gets paid, the bartenders get paid. Right. The guy who takes door gets a percentage. He's just right. standing there. I mean, it's a job, but he's yeah. saying he's checking IDs. And then the bands are the only ones where it's like, Oh, you only sold four tickets and not 10. Right. You don't get paid. And it's like, well, I just paid everyone. Right, right. Why is the band paying everyone? And yeah, they're the that, ones that is crazy. They're the reason for the the whole music industry works that way. Uh, the yeah. reason for the show is the bands. Right. Everyone makes money except the bands. Right. They owe money at the end of it. <laughs> and that's how everything works. That's how management works. That's yeah. how radio play works. It's how everything works except merch. And clubs try to take your fucking merch money. I've yeah. never played at a place that took a percentage of my oh, merch. No. Well, thankfully. But yeah. That's insane. It's one hundred percent. The, the band's money it makes no fucking sense it's not you know, a market if, a, if right. a venue tries to do that uh try to tell them they got to fill out a w4 so you can give them a 1099 at the end of the year that's smart right. and they'll be like well uh you could just keep your percentage yeah right. they don't, know. Not no, that's, that's, that's yeah. a good idea that's a good idea <laughs> but, but it but is I, yeah. crazy yeah so i think i think that like my point would be like um it's it's uh more punk rock <laughs> you know to to like try to make money off your own music than it is to, or at least I think you have to look at it that way. Like you're still doing it passionately, but I mean, you're, you're going on tour, then you're working for some shitty guy. Like in the meantime to pay your rent and bills, right? You're working at McDonald's. Yeah. Like, yeah. like people are like, a, you don't sell out. And it's like the sellout <laughs> is my job <laughs> is every day. I work for a evil company, like right. almost exclusively. Right. right? I dude, I, I think the same thing all the time. So it's like, who gives a fuck if you make money? Right. And I, I remember this one dude specifically who was like a wild dude in trend. He was actually a really nice guy, but everyone hated him. He died. <laughs> everyone thinks he faked his death. I won't say his name, but he was crazy dude. But he'd be like, oh, all you punk bands, anti-capitalism, but then you sell CDs at shows. And it's like, that's not capitalism. <laughs> that's like, here's a thing I need to eat. Right. It's not fucking, it's not dumping oil in the Gulf of Mexico or like right. relocating a neighborhood of people who can't afford it. Like that's capital. Like that's fucking, that's such a crazy, like you're a hypocrite. Your CD's five bucks. You piece of shit. You should just give them out for free. Cause you don't like the way things work. And it's like, that's not, it's such a backwards, like all, usually a very conservative, like argument where it's like black and white. Everything's the same. Right. You're wrong. And it's like, no, Everything's different. Yeah. You can take into account different things. Well, it, 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 it depends on well, how, however you want to define capitalism. Right. If, if you define capitalism as just like me making something and you buying it, then whatever. Then I, what? Yeah, I, you know what I'm saying? But like, um, but yeah, I think ultimately, but some people take it to that extreme, though, like where they're just like, well, selling things are bad. So I just got to give everything away, which is not really sustainable. Well, you have to exist yeah, for not I, anything. People yeah. who do that, like I've I definitely have held out as long as I can and made the least money I can. But in my experience, people who just everything's free and they're the capitalism bad do this for five years and then their parents pay for them to live in France or something. Like, right, right. Like, yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah, my parents suck and my trust fund sucks, <laughs> but I have this huge fucking safety net for when my bohemian lifestyle <laughs> right, right. doesn't pay off. And I, 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 I'm not like a total class warrior. It is like bullshit, a lot of it, but like, I'm not mad at those people totally. Right. Like they didn't choose to be born right. with that safety net. 
but they can't see the like their perspective is skewed. Yeah, they cannot understand like you the amount of times like teenager or twenties where they're like, "Well, just go." You know, just go ask your parents for the money. Just go live with your yeah. parents again. It's like, I cannot fucking live with my parents. Right. I love my parents. They love me. We can't live together. Yeah, that's I not, do that's that. not allowed. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, uh, one, one, like, I, my parents never had a lot of money. Right. But I mean, two, like, I, I don't want to, like, be in debt to my parents anyway. So I was always like, I'll just do, I'll just make, get a job and make money. But it, it, it bothered me too. And I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm off base, but like, when there'd be like, the GoFundMe stuff, like, oh, our van. I hate we, that we, shit. We too. knew a, we need a van or blah blah blah. Like, give us money. I was like, I would just get another job. Yeah, and I, I <laughs> it just like and make the repairs on the van. I've like I've like loosened on it, but yeah. like something like that. Okay, like we're desperate for repairs. We're on tour. Yeah. That's a little yeah, more that's, that's an emergency kind of. But, yeah. but like, yeah, when they're when people are like, oh, it's my we got to put our fifth album out, and if you donate to this GoFundMe, you get the shirt and the album. Like. I just don't like it. Yeah. I don't like paying like that people are paying for your record before you do it. And, and it's like when I really break it down, there's not really anything wrong with it. But then it's like, oh, my dad has cancer. Right. Donate to this GoFundMe. Or we really want to put our album out. Right. And right. it's like, no, nah, that shouldn't be the same thing. You right. should pay for your album to come out and then sell it. Yeah. And, and well, like, I, I, I can I can get down with pre-orders. Pre-orders is a little different, yeah. yeah like, it, but like people who like, I don't know. That's yeah. No, I, I know what you're saying, but um, yeah, it would, it would, it can rub me the wrong way. But I mean, it works out for some people if they get like a hundred people buying their album, then yeah. they can put it out. And also, whatever. I can be wrong, and I'm stubborn. Like we did a pre-order for the vinyl, and to for me to be like to justify it, in my head was like, well, the admission to the show will be ten bucks, and that'll be the pre-order for the vinyl. And we didn't make anywhere near enough right. for to put it the vinyl. Like, like it was like it, for the amount of pre-order that went in, especially through that, it was like, oh, I'm coming out of pocket hundreds and hundreds and right, hundreds of dollars. Right. Still, yeah. like this is like I'm paying for half of the record, right? And then basically giving it out for free. It was just like so. Like, I'm not totally right. I'm just stubborn right. about how I think it should go. Like, I think it's like a bad example of like a bootstraps thing where it's right. like no one. No one asked you to play music, right? Right. So it's like if you if you love a band, buy their shit. But like, I, it's part of me is like we're all doing the same thing. You're just asking a bunch of other people who are trying to put their record out, right? Right. To buy to donate to your record. Yo, I had I had a question real quick. For, yeah. Do you ever have a venue or like a, a bar or somebody or a place like you play like they accuse you of like breaking something or stealing? You know what I mean? Or like. Um, you know, we had we talked about this with some to get before. out to get out of pay like, or because it actually happened. Yeah, even like that where they're like, we have you on camera oh, yeah. messing up the bed. Remember that, and it didn't happen. Yeah, or whatever. You ever anything crazy like that happen? No, or, I've never or have had, you ever had to take shit because they did owe you money? No, yeah. didn't someone had to do that before? I remember. Yeah, I've, I've never, uh, I've never had a club like come at me or like saying crazy. that. Yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. I well, like good. I said, I've known, I've, I've gotten ripped off plenty of times, but like yeah. I just was like. You know, you get your pay at the end of the night. And you're just like, what? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but I've never had like a club come at me. Um, you know, I, I've, I've, I've come at club people, you know, but like, yeah. oh like, yeah. But, um, <laughs> I've had people, it started to happen. One yeah. of the main venues, DIY venues that was in Trenton when I first started doing music, it was so cool. It was Trinity Cathedral Church. I'm not going to say who, who was booking, but 
It oh, happened I once. Remember that? Was that a long time ago? It happened it? once. They're like, "Oh, someone stole the money box. They ran in here and took the money box." And right. then it started happening like every other show. Oh, and yeah. it was like, "Oh, you stole the fucking right. money box." <laughs> okay, I guess we won't fucking play here anymore. Yeah. You know, that sounds like my old boss at Burger King. He just kept getting robbed every time he'd go make a deposit at the bank. Yeah, and <laughs> at he, Burger King. Yeah, and then he came in with a new car one day. That guy's probably got. <laughs> he probably paid for he that. Didn't, he didn't work there long after yeah, that. He probably didn't. <laughs> probably worked in the fucking on license plates yeah. after that. That's funny. All right, so you. You, then you're in Richmond, so you decide we're gonna move to Philly. Um, is that with your wife now? Yes. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. I thought so. And um, then you guys. So you, what did you do when you got to Philly? Because I know you were screen printing, but that wasn't your job, right? Your main job. No. Um. So we got here. So Liz had. Uh, she had. Before we moved, she got like a job with. AmeriCorps through the Red Cross and it was like a little stipend, you know? Yeah. And I found this like really cheap, like basement apartment in West Philly. It was in a big house, right? Yeah. It was, like, it was like, it was in a row house. I remember that. Yeah. It, it was like a, cause I never go to that neighborhood except right. for like to visit you. Yeah. That, that was like a cool, like I know it just had the basement, but it right. was like a cool looking house. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that was sick. Yeah, that was sick. It was a, it was a nice spot. It was like right near Clark park and perfect spot for us moving to Philly. But, um, I got a job screen printing. So like I'd went up there and got an apartment and then, so I, I just did a couple weekend trips trips. I had a buddy who lives in, lived in Maniunk. So I'd stay with him. And then I was just did a couple job interviews and I got this job in Broomall, which is, uh, Southwest of the Southwest of Philly. And, uh, it actually wasn't hard to get to from West, but yeah, so I, I got a job and, uh, then, um, I kind of, uh, I got like a $3,000 loan from the bank and um, I just went to, cause I had some shitty screen printing equipment, right, right. you know, but I knew what I wanted. And so I found a guy like um, selling, selling uh, what I wanted online. And then like a six color press. Yeah. The yeah. six color press, a lot of stuff I still have now. Um, yeah. And so like I negotiated with him, I got the stuff and then I got an art studio uh, in old Kensington um, kind of like where my studio still is now, just a couple blocks away. And yeah, I had some like $180 a month studio. And then I just started screen printing. I was already screen printing on the side anyway. So like, yeah, they're, I was they're, a customer, man. Yeah. <laughs> so there was, I already had people like asking about screen print stuff. So from the moment I got that press, I was at least making enough money to keep that studio open. Right. You know? So I'd be working during the day. And then like at night I'd come home and, um, yeah, I'd be screen printing T-shirts, and then, uh, yeah, I started Assemble around that time. I was gonna say this yeah. one, your current band Assemble, yeah. which is I was re-listening to it like for in preparation for this, and yeah. I'm like, no, this is, don't take offenses, but like I forget how awesome you guys are, and then I listen <laughs> again, I'm like, oh, I fucking love this band. I should listen to this more. Like it's sick. You should listen to it more. <laughs> yeah, yeah try to get you some pennies. Yeah, on no, it. I, 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 I appreciate it. Yeah, no, but we started we started way back then, and. Um, but yeah, so the the screen printing studio just started small and I was, yeah, working the day job. And then I worked at this other place once in a while, like to get hours uh, in the city. And then um, eventually it's over this course of years, uh, I was getting more and more business myself. And then I had moved to a larger studio spot in that building. And then uh, my band practice studio was right there too. So I had like the whole back part of this building. And then, um, yeah, then I was working so much. I didn't want to work in Broomall. So I started working for that guy in the city and I was working part-time. I was working 30 hours a week. Um, 
and because it was just too much to with with what i had going yeah, on you're by killing myself. yourself man yeah and then but it was a lot easier because i could hop over you know from from like vine street and go over to you know kensington to go to my studio and then eventually it got big enough at some point but like the whole time i was living with liz and she was uh she was going to school and she wasn't making a lot of money and like she had like these jobs as assistant teachers and stuff and then she got her master's at Bryn Mawr, and then she got a job. That's sick. She, yeah, she got a job. She finally got a real job. And then once she got a real job, I was like, okay, I can quit. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so you I could quit. And so I started working on the, the studio um, as full-time. And by that point, uh, I had partnered up with Johnny Douglas. and uh, Johnny Apathy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I said, I said no Johnny Apathy anymore because we're doing now. There's no... <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's yeah. No, there's no more Johnny Apathy. But... Yeah, no, um, but yeah, we, uh, we combined forces cause he was, he was helping me out. Cause we, when I moved to Broomall, that's when I met Johnny at that screen printing shop in Broomall cause he was working there. And then we just talked for a minute. We're like, oh, we're in punk bands. I was like, oh, you're in the ghouls. Like I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just knew all these common people. So we became friends. And, um, but when I was doing my screen print stuff, um, I would call Johnny up cause I was like, I know he can screen print. I'd be like, dude, can you help me out? And so when I'd be practicing with Assemble, Johnny would be like screen printing stuff like in, in my shop right next door. Sick. And then like he was coming into a bunch of equipment, you know, from the, the dude that he learned how to screen print from. And then all at that time, it all like accumulated. Like he was getting this stuff. I had my equipment and they were got to sell the building. And so we needed to move. So we just like, did an official partnership at that point. Right. And like we got the space for in the building where I am now. And um so yeah, we moved there and we, you know, we started like doing now t-shirts as like a combined force. And um it's still going strong. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just grown from that. I but. think you're like a real American success story. Like you are like it's like an old country story. <laughs> it's like like th- with a three thousand dollar loan, which isn't a big loan, that's so sick. Your business is successful, and you have this partner that you meet, and you you and your wife doing stuff. Like it all works. Like right. a, so, I think people try to do it themselves, and they can't. And it's not like you. It's not like a huge like you had like a, some right. crazy help. Right. But together, you guys can make it all work. I think that's really beautiful. Um, what do you? This is kind of kind of wrap this up. The, you don't have to answer this one. Um, if you don't want to, but uh, do you have like any regrets? about the way you handled anything or the way anything went down with the bands and jobs and moving any like well, major ones that you can think of. I don't of? like to say regrets, but there's lessons and I try right. to apply those lessons now. Yeah. There's a lot of things I could have done like, um, earlier that, um, I do now. Um, but like just the way I handle bands and the way that, the way that I book tours and just the way, the way that I go about like, you know, handling business using quotations again but like um because i think uh yeah i just didn't know i just didn't know a lot of stuff and yeah you you make mistakes it's a learning process yeah and then you make mistakes and you're like oh shit i should have done it this way well next time i'll i'll do it this way and i I, to be specific i guess um i don't know there's so there's so many so many different different lessons that, that i've i've learned it's hard to really hard to really narrow it down but just like I guess ultimately my perspective of things, you know, and the way that I, I, I deal with people, I don't know. Uh, that's not, 
specific enough. I'm no, I I yeah, get it. That's, for me, it's about making it easier instead of making it harder. Yeah, yeah. Like and, I don't let my passion make things harder anymore. I right. really try to let the other people involved in the, everything I do is collaborative. I try to like take suggestions, not make my word law because <laughs> right, that's right. how all my bands broke up because I wouldn't budge on shit. Yeah, when you know. Yeah, I I, I did that too, and uh, it's it's really hard because. Uh, there's some people are successful like that. Some people are just like, I am the the ruler of this group, you know. And but then, if you need other people, it's yeah. not sustainable. I yeah, think. yeah. Like if you if you can do everything yourself forever, yeah. But I can't. Yeah. So it's not and well, I that, don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, so, so yeah, when Assemble started, um, I uh I was just like, I'm not gonna be like how I was in other bands. And then um you know, it's just like, I'll just be respectful. It makes it work <laughs> I'll, I'll be, easier. I'll be respectful of what people want to do. And, you know, you know, I won't I won't push it. But that's also why I started doing solo stuff. Yeah. Because I, I was just like, I, I want to tour and I want to do all these things. And it's just like, I'll just do a thing that um, where I'm doing music myself. And so no one I can, can tell you how to yeah. do it. No one can. You, you don't have to take off that night because yeah. somebody has to, has a thing. Yeah, like, that's yeah. why I started doing it too. Bands, yeah. The second band broke up, the third band broke up, yeah. and I was like, everyone's like, just rap, dude. And I was like, well, I'm better in a band. I just uh, my first rap stuff sucks because I was right. just doing it too. Right. No, I, play. I feel, uh, first solo stuff I did, I think sucked. But um, and then I still am not. I don't even think like like I think my last couple albums are pretty good. But like I look back and I'm like, oh, it just wasn't good. You know, nah, man, you're awesome. And I think that's like part of the process. I think yeah. everybody, I was just talking to like Jesse about Ju- a juicy carcass about, it. he's like, my <laughs> record sucks. And I'm like, your record doesn't suck. It's like you're, you moved forward from it. Right. Right. Like, yeah. I don't think it sucks. Like it's not, if you put it out now as the person you are now, yeah. you could say it sucks. Right. But right. it's like people watch you grow. You watch right. your favorite artists grow, yeah, you know, yeah. through their music. And uh, I think that's great, man. And you're like the perfect, person for this like the perfect guinea pig so thanks for being here for this oh yeah no but it's like so like one of my questions was kind of like is it worth it and like i feel like of course like for you it would be i don't even want to ask you right (laughs) because like it seems like you like you're the business you have and the music you do it's one thing almost like one it's coexists it's symbiotic like so it's really cool that you have like made your life for yourself yeah well, I will say it. It's really hard. <laughs> it's it's really hard. Like I, I sometimes I work like just a lot, and especially whatever I I was complaining. I'm not complaining, but I was telling uh, Liz, I'm like, oh, this is like my first weekend. Like I've been home in like over a month because I was like doing this one thing, then I got a family thing, and then like doing music. But I was like, I know, I know, I booked this shit. You're like myself. I won, I wanted this. Yeah, I, I did it to myself. But then, yeah, then you're working at the shop. And then it's just like, yeah, it's just a lot of work. And to get to where it is now, it, it just took a lot of work. And I just, uh, I'll, I'll tell this story. Um, there was this kid who came in the other day and uh, a couple of guys at the shop knew him, but he was picking up his order. He has a new band. And uh, he was like, yeah, he's like, I'm going to play guitar in a while. And we just played our first gig last night. And they were like, oh, how'd it go? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah. And he's like, today's just my pajama day, dude. He's just like, yesterday we played this gig and yeah i got my burritos now picking up the t-shirt i'm going back home putting on my pajamas watching tv all day we're just chilling and i was just like i don't do that you don't have a pajama day <laughs> i was like i don't even put on pajamas but i was just like that's i was telling liz i was just like yeah that's just nothing i don't do that ever there's not a day like yesterday was the closest thing to it 
Um, but yeah, I don't have like a pajama day, but yesterday we kind of, I had to wake up early. We had, we assembled played, uh, Friday night. So we were up and the bandmates stayed at my house. So we're up to like two or maybe three, you know, and then, uh, we wake up early and my drummer, uh, was an electrician and, and thankfully he was in town because the, like our press, we had like an electrical problem at the shop. So we woke up early, made breakfast. And he fixed fixed the electrical problem, so we're there at the shop, like fixing electrical stuff. And then we went to the we went to the bar, you know, we got drinks, and um, and then me and they left, and then we took a walk and got ice cream. That was like the closest thing to a pajama we, and day. you still yeah. got the shop fixed. Yeah, you were up all night. Yeah, it, yeah. It, like yeah, it's there's no real like when people are like, oh Sunday I don't do anything. I'm like, if I didn't do anything Sunday, I would feel like shit because right. I fucking. I work all week and I don't get to do the yeah. stuff I love. It's yeah. not going to get done. Right. If I, but also mental health, like I can't judge someone for having no, a pajama I, I, day. I'm kind of, <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of like in a way like jealous, like I don't get to do that, but it's like, I wouldn't want to do that. Well, like, yeah. It's just not what like you, like when I'm mad at work and screaming into the yeah. abyss, like I'm like, this is what I wanted. Like right. I wanted to do a better, have a better job and have yeah. more money. So I like shut the fuck up and do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, and I, I think ultimately it's like what you want to do. Like if you want to do, like if you want to like create your own business and you want to like do things by yourself and not have a boss, it just takes <laughs> so much more work, but you have like, more freedom and you don't have somebody breathing down your deck but yeah, eric knows about that too. but i think um but it's uh, stressful yeah <laughs> yeah and there's something to be said though about having a job like i can see why people just they like to clock out and go home i used to do that and it's like yeah it's it's whatever you want to do it's what you know? you're yeah, yeah what, whatever you feel comfortable you gotta with. be happy so yeah. if that if that's what makes you happy a lot of people have kids put them through college and they're like that's what i'm doing yeah. i think about that all the time how that's crazy to me i don't think i could afford that at all and right. like I'm making more, way more money now than I ever did fucking just eking by while I was right. playing a lot more. And I'm like, people in my job have ten, three kids. And it's a collaborative right. thing, though. Their wife yeah. works, you know, yeah. even if it's crazy. But well, I think it's one of those things. It's like when it happens, well, people who do that, they're like, well, when it happens, it happens. It's like, oh, I got a kid now. Yeah, they so make I, it I, work. I got I to, I got to, you just got to make it work. I'm too know? selfish. I want my, <laughs> I want to spend my money on me. I don't right? want to put a fucking <laughs> shitty kid through college right? telling me he hates me or whatever. <laughs> Well, yo, thank you for being here. This was awesome. I already knew you pretty well, but I get to know you more, and uh, I really appreciate it. Um, where can people buy your music? Uh, assemble, Matt W. Charles. Um, yeah, okay, so this is the the long list of stuff. But yeah, you get Assemble. It's like Bandcamp is probably the best place to buy me. We actually, we have AssembleTheBand.com. We have a website. Right. And that has a link. So yeah, AssembleTheBand.com. And then uh, also... There's uh, Matthew, Matthew W. Charles. Uh, there's probably, I think the band camp is uh, Matthew William Charles. Right, right. Bandcamp.com. And um, then I'm also in a band called Proper Punctuation. Uh, right, right, with, right. With, with my wife, which is Proper Punctuation, <laughs> spelled punk, P-U-N-K. Uh, that's uh, Bandcamp, too. And then, um, yeah, my t-shirt shop, which is uh, doitnowtshirts.com. And I think that's all the stuff. Yeah, go buy it. Yeah, Eric, you got anything to plug? Uh, not yet. That new uh, potential spam prank call album, Derek Smacklin, should be out soon. Hell yeah! Just for me, almost finished with it. Just RaymondStrife666.com. I don't have anything going on. We got that Wolves remix record coming out. We got a Patreon set up. We're right. gonna start getting stuff on there. So how do you look that up? It's it. like the aging punks. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably not ready yet. I don't even know if you could find it yet. There's nothing you, on there yet. I think so. you can, though. I think you could subscribe to it. If probably. you guys want it, stuff's coming. We're still um, getting it, kind of figuring out how we're going to format everything and do it on there. But. And um, our phone number, if you guys want to call in and tell us new shit we should try or just tell us to fuck off, it's 609-358-0804. You could text it. You could text it. You could text it so you don't have to get, put your voice on yeah. the, the podcast. And you could check us out, Aging Punks, on Instagram. Uh, Matt, thanks again for being yeah, here. Thanks Always for having good me. to catch up with you, man. Uh, punks out. The Aging Punks Complain is recorded at Sketchism's Media Studios and produced by me, Eric Backlund. The theme song, The Aging Punk Complains, was written by Raymond Strife and Ill Omega. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Aging Punks Complain. And if you like the show, leave a review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can also leave us a message that may be featured on the show. Just call or text 609-358-0804.